My name is Charlotte and I'm the CEO of Equalture, a company that is on a mission to shape the world of unbiased hiring. Welcome to the Oops Unbiased podcast. So my guest for today's episode is uh, Brooke. Brooke is a professor at the University of Amsterdam. She's actually been one of my previous guests. Uh, we recorded an episode about inclusion not too long ago. And this one was such an interesting one to record uh, because in this episode we are going to talk about the paradoxes within inclusion. Brooke is doing lots of research into how to change inclusion more from some sort of an end goal into an ongoing process in companies. And one of the major topics involved there is how to tackle the paradoxes that you will face when you are dealing with inclusion. A paradox is a contradiction. So for example, should inclusion be a responsibility of the organization? Or should the individual be responsible for inclusion? Well, these, this is just one of the many paradoxes that we are going to discuss. It was definitely um, challenging for my mind, so I hope it will be for you too. So I hope you will enjoy this episode today. All right. Welcome back, Brooke. Yeah, thanks so much for having me again. I was really looking forward to our conversation today. So thanks so much for being here again. Yeah, very, my pleasure. <laughs> So I think especially this one is 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 probably the most heated one. Um, the idea is that a lot of the discussions around inclusion, we, we look at what organizations can do, what practices they can have, the, the teams and the leaders, you know, what, what they can do, what behaviors they can enact, um, how they can be allies. And so a lot of that is focusing and it's very helpful and it's, it's a really important part of this discussion around inclusion. But then the other side of that is like, okay, the people who want, we want to include what is their responsibility? And it was that piece of it that got my my very lovely colleagues who want nothing but you know the best <laughs> for our project and our team up in arms. And so it was a really great heated discussion, but we saw, okay, wow, like we're, we've touched on something here. And I take that as, as positive uh, feedback because that really shows that people are passionate. It's important. It's probably also something that needs, you know, as I talked about at the beginning, this sort of cognitive and emotional sort of coping ability, because it is difficult. And it also requires us to be very precise in what we mean. And so I think I would, I would say it's fairly well known, especially if you're in the realm of inclusion, what we mean by organizational inclusion means having these, you know, flexible policies and uh, teams and leaders, you know, it's the being the ally, the having that, uh, fostering that openness and, and all of that on the, on the one side. So that's relatively something that we're familiar with. But on the other side, you know, for example, taking myself as either a woman or somebody who's international, what is my responsibility to make sure that I'm included? And, and this is where it can get a bit tricky because then, you know, I have to probably examine myself. I need to understand exactly what it is that I need, which is something that's challenging for any individual because sure, my organization can provide all sorts of flexibility, but maybe I'm still not getting my needs met somehow by, by the organization. Maybe I'm not feeling like, you know, they're seeing my uniqueness, but on the other hand, do, do I know what it is that I'm bringing to the table? Is it clear to me? And so again, this is it feels, even as we're talking about it right here in this podcast, I can already feel sort of the, the tension <laughs> rising in, in the, the listening community. And, and I, I talk openly about this, not because I, I'm picking a side. That's exactly the opposite. I'm saying, okay, let, let's look at this side as well and see what we can learn from it and see how we can hold both of these truths. And so I think this is, this is a, a journey also for the people who want to be included is you know, we need to know ourselves, what is it that we need? What is the support that we need? Because 
Only then, if the organization is fostering this open, communicative, you know, culture, I need to be able to communicate clearly what my needs are so that they can, they can make space for that and they can adapt. And so that's, that's the nature of that first one. Yeah. yeah I find it also an interesting one. You did mention, uh, just before we started the recording, like this is probably the most tricky one or the the, the one that people, the, the, yeah, I think pe- everyone will have an opinion about this one. Maybe not for yeah. all of them, but for this one, people will definitely have an opinion. Why do you think that there's so much tension then around this specific one? Is that then because you're so... I would have two up two sort of possibilities in my head now. Is it triggering people because maybe I'm creating my own sub paradox now within your paradox? Um, <laughs> is it triggering because people don't want to be held accountable to participate into this themselves? Now I can also feel the tension going up in the right, listener right? You feel it, yeah. Uh, or is it because we don't want to? put even more pressure on a group of uh, people, for example, in a team that we would already consider to be a minority or whatever, a disadvantage mm-hmm. because, as a result of being not inclusive. So is it about feeling bad for the ones that we are holding accountable or is it because we don't want to hold ourselves accountable? I think I think it... So my, my hunch is it's a little bit on... Yeah, this idea that we're we're asking so much already from like you were you're talking about from a group that's already dealing with a lot, um, but it's interesting too because then if you if we we flip back, so it's it's all really about flipping these perspectives. So if we flip back to the organization, we say, oh, organizations should be open. They should they should be ready and flexible to a- accommodate whatever the needs are of the of the you know the group that we're the includees as we call them then the includees need to be able to say what it is exactly that they want. Um, and and if if in this paradox we're saying that, ah, well, then that's expecting too much of the includees, then, the, then again, we get stuck sort of on one side, which is saying that, okay, inclusion is the responsibility of organizations, sort of the bigger, the bigger more dominant, more oh. the group with more resources. But I think the most effective inclusion would be when both parties are are involved. And I think that makes intuitive sense when we when you think of it that way. Yeah, definitely. But I can imagine that discussing these kinds of paradoxes out in the open in a team setting can also be a little bit tricky. So how would you advise organizations to go about that? Yeah, and, and that is that is the, the difficulty because we, as, as we talked about already, I mean, even in the in the idea stages of uh, this research, we find ourselves in in, in heated debates uh, with colleagues, you know, and we're we're just talking about the ideas. And I think here it's really, the, and that's why I, I've a couple times I've mentioned this sort of cognitive emotional coping, and it's about having this this open communication, this chance to be to be humble and vulnerable with each other. And this is a this is a big ask uh, in organizations, especially when such you know the topics of diversity and inclusion. I mean, they, these are becoming more and more prominent. I, mm-hmm. I see it everywhere. You know, more open reporting on diversity statistics, more you know, grander statements about inclusion. It's really becoming a, a very big topic. I think there it, it's becoming mm-hmm. more of an much more of a topic. But if you look at it from, I think both an organizational perspective, but also from society. It's also a topic that people 
maybe this is your seventh paradox. Uh, we <laughs> uh, we need to talk about it, I think, in order to um, stimulate a change. But in today's society, exactly. people are also very afraid to express an opinion that might um, unconsciously hurt someone or whatever. So that also makes it very dif- difficult, I think, for people to... I, I, I mean, I have the same. When we are discussing these kinds of topics internally, I do want to discuss them because you have to or because I know it's helpful, but I also don't want to step on people's toes. So it's always some sort of a... Yeah... A conversation where you can't, in my opinion, in my head at least, where you can't just say whatever you want to say in that Mm -hmm. moment. Well, and I think that there, there's, there needs to be almost some, some rules of engagement when it comes to how we communicate and the assumptions we make about the communicators. So, you know, it could be if we, if we say, okay, this is an ongoing conversation and, and exactly for, for what you just said is that people, some people are afraid of this topic. We need to somehow make it, okay, yes, we understand why it's, it's, uh, uh, you know, scary or, or it feels, you know, it's like we were talking about the first paradox it's like you can almost feel you can feel the emotional reaction in yourself it's like everyone's watching you it's like can I say these things I don't know <laughs> and it's about how do, how do you create an environment where you can say things that you're not 100% sure about and and you can have the people around you make a, a benevolent assumption or a benevolent a- attribution that you know you are trying to understand like the reason you're saying this is not to be ignorant and not to 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 say the wrong thing or to take a, even a strong stance rather you're trying to further understanding in the group and you know if we say that that's the that's the rule it's kind of you can almost take like uh I, I, this analogy just comes to mind about improv improv groups mm-hmm. you know it's always yes and and so if we can take that sort of stance we can say okay maybe that wasn't the best formulation i maybe 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 even ruffled a few feathers and people are uncomfortable now but if we say okay yes and that means that we can refine what was said there make sure that there's a, a common understanding that actually advances the conversation and again the conversation then becomes the goal if we can actually have this open conversation with each other that means that there's there's not an end to it and, and kind of circling back uh, to, to one of the first things you said was like, oh, okay. Or one of the first things we talked about today was, you know, how do you know when you've achieved inclusion or, or you know, what is, what, what is sort of the, the, you know, how does this end? <laughs> and, and we, we joked about this also in the, in the research team that it's like, okay, well, we don't have to talk about it anymore. We don't have to call it inclusion because that's just the way things are. It's, we are just inclusive of others. We are just humble and open and vulnerable when we need to be. And then we don't call it inclusion because that's just the way we are with each other. 